Welcome to the Hatch and Curiosity Podcast, where homeschooling families cultivate innovation through curiosity, creativity, and critical thinking. I'm your host, Christina Hatch. You're listening to World Schooling, an episode where I start off interviewing my friend, Malin Chandler, about what it's like to travel the world with her kids and dive a little bit deeper into this homeschooling philosophy. Melinda and I met through our local homeschooling co-op, where I found out that she is a world traveler and just had to learn more. Melinda has been to eight countries and 17 states with her five children, and has been to 26 countries and 47 states herself. So when it came to talking to somebody about travel, she was the first person that came to mind. I started the interview with asking Melinda when she started traveling, and her love for travel started young. So I think what really made me love traveling is when I started traveling was as a kid. My parents, they took us on a few vacations. We didn't travel a whole lot because we didn't have a lot of money, but we drove around the country a lot. We did like the Western coast, um, drove up the West coast, and then we went back East and a couple different times. And I think that really made me love traveling, but I never really thought that I would like go to actual other countries. <laughs> So when was the first time you traveled internationally? When my husband and I got married, he went and sold security. And as like an incentive, he earned a cruise at the end of the summer. And so that kind of started our traveling internationally because we went to the Caribbean and we loved it. And we did some crazy things before we had kids. Like we got a car and we drove down to Mexico and almost to the Guatemala border and drove around to Mexico for a month. And that sounds awesome. It was it was a lot of fun. <laughs> and, um, we did a 25-day cruise when I was pregnant with my oldest. That was kind of, that was pretty cool. The, we did it out of the Mediterranean and we drove across the country with our oldest for my husband's work because he had a, starting a business and he had to contact some clients. And so we decided to make it a family trip. So I think just that kind of helped us start to love travel and as we did it together and had those opportunities to do it. Sometimes that first step to traveling together as a family is just getting a taste of it. But I wondered, what made travel a priority in her family? Well, I think we both like change. My husband and I, we both like change. And traveling is like a change of place. I know sometimes when we've been home for a while, my husband's like, we haven't gone somewhere for a while. (laughs) (laughs) And so I think that has kind of helped us make it more of a priority. And um, so we ended up going a few places right after we got married. And then we made it a priority, even when we were struggling and starting a business and didn't have a lot of money, we were able to have opportunities to travel. Like, Like when we drove across the country, we were able to use it as a work trip, but still be able to see places. And then as our kids got older, because at first we would mostly just do it, me and my husband. And then as our kids got older, we kind of felt bad for leaving our kids all the time with the grandparents. And so we started to take them along. And about like six or seven years ago, we decided that instead of buying Christmas presents, we would give our kids a trip to somewhere for Christmas. And they've loved that. Some people wonder like, well, are, do they miss like getting stuff? But they have loved, you know, going on trips and seeing where they're going to go this year and stuff. And so it, it has made some really great memories with our kids. That's pretty cool. That'd be fun to do the big reveal like that. Like, this is where we're going. <laughs> yeah, they, they have a fun time with it. <laughs> awesome. I love that. 
Now, with as often as Malin travels, that is by some definition a world schooler, because a world schooler can be somebody who does full-time RVing, it could be an American expat living in a foreign country, or families who can only travel a couple times a year, but have more of the world schooling mindset. Someone with a world schooling philosophy is somebody who likes to focus on learning empathy, understanding, and appreciation for different cultures and perspectives. It's a very open concept that appreciates the wide and varied beauty that the world has to offer. Now, obviously, from this philosophy, you can fit a lot of different frameworks of education within that. So there are people who unschool, people who online school, Charlotte Mason, Montessori, basically any of the other philosophies of education can fit within this framework. And the way you school may look different when you're on the road versus at home, but it all fits and there's no wrong way to world school as long as they kind of adhere to the common um, values of like freedom, personal growth, learning from firsthand experiences, and having a sense of global citizenship. World schoolers often have a holistic view of education and love making connections between subjects and people, and they're not afraid to go out on a limb because they know that that's where the fruit is. So this philosophy of education really, really speaks to me. And I think describes a lot of Malin's values as well. So I had to ask her if she considered herself a world schooler. So would you consider yourself like a part-time world schooler or not what you're doing? Um, I never really thought of myself as a world schooler. I just thought a world schooler was somebody that just traveled around all the time and like was a did full-time travel and that was a world schooler. But I guess in a way I am. I try to have them learn a little bit about the places we go to. And when I'm traveling with my children, I love to see their view through their eyes and when they explore all the different places and see those the experiences that they have through their eyes and how excited they get when they see something cool. When a world schooler travels, they often focus on experiences that allow for cultural immersion, like eating at a local restaurant, making friends at a park, and shopping at local grocery stores. When they do tourist attractions, they usually make educational places like touring historical sites and museums, but can also be natural places through eco-travel. Their objective is to experience the world, not just sample it or escape from it. So I had to ask her, what are some of your favorite kinds of experience to have while you're traveling with your kids? Um, I think one of the things we love to do is eat local food. Um, we have no problem getting some food from like a street vendor in Mexico. We've had people say, oh, you can't eat the street food. But that's our favorite kind of food. Like in Mexico, we see somebody cooking on the side of the street with a on a barrel that's turned upside down. And like, that must be good food. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, we rarely go to chain restaurants when we're in other countries, except we have noticed the times that we have gone that they a lot of times they'll cater to the local people. So one time um, when we went to China, we were kind of in a hurry. And so the guy that was taking us around just went to McDonald's and grabbed some food and he brought a hamburger fish sandwich. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) You don't get that here in America. And my hu- it was for my husband, and he said it was like one of the most disgusting things he's had. And he usually likes all food. <laughs> but, <Pretty> funny. <laughs> we we do we love the local food. Like we'll ask people like at the, at, when we are at our hotel and stuff. Like where's the good place to eat? Where's the where locals eat? Where you know what's good to eat? And another cool cultural experience we had is when we went to Peru. We went to Lake Titicaca. There's people that build islands like floating islands in there and they just they live on them and they have to like rebuild them like every few months 
And so we had experience of staying the night on one of those islands. And that was a pretty cool and crazy experience. When you're walking on it, it's kind of like moving a little bit. You're worried you're going to sink down. And we got to <laughs> see like how they made the islands and stuff. And another night we were also able to go to another island on Lake Titicaca that was not floating and stay with the local family. And in Peru, they build a lot of their houses with adobe bricks. And so we were able to make adobe bricks with them. They showed us like how they made it and everything. And my kids saw that was awesome. Like when we got home, they actually started making them in our yard. It's been like a couple of years since we've been to Peru. And even just yesterday, they were out there like making little canals to get the water to where they're making the mud for the bricks and stuff. So they really love that. And when we travel, we also like to see like the natural beauty around us and the museums and learn about the culture of the area. And I'll take my even my little kids to museums. A lot of people wonder if I do. I've had some people say, well, why take your kids to museums? They don't like it. But I think it's important for them to have that experience. And if they're used to it, then, you know, when they do get older and are more interested in this stuff, then they'll learn to love it and um, learn more about the culture. My kids, my older kids, they they'll like read about the different things in the museums that we visit. Cool. Yeah, I like those kind of places too. Is there anything that you've done because your kids were with you? There's some things that my husband and I, when we had been there before, and I'm like, our kids are going to love it. In Mexico, there's this place that we've been five or six times. And there's this, it's called Zufari. And it's a place where you go and you can feed the animals from your car. And then they also have a place where you can hold like tigers and jaguars and things like that. And we did it first without our kids because we didn't have kids. We knew that if we ever went back to Mexico, then we would want to take our kids there. Now, whenever we go to Mexico, our kids ask, are we going to go to Zufari? (laughs) There are like some cool places that, that as we, my husband and I have traveled that we like to take our kids back to and have them experience it as well. For many world schoolers, the object of their travel is to learn through firsthand experience about the diversity of the world around them. Through their travels, they will face unexpected challenges that push the limits of their problem solving and resilience and challenge their paradigms. But they come out the other side of it as independent, open-minded, and compassionate people. Because of this, I wanted to know from Malin what kind of challenges she has faced as she traveled with her family. I think we haven't had a whole lot of big challenges while traveling. Just the constant need of like, go, go, go. Because a lot of times when we travel, it's like we want to pack everything in and make sure that we have, get our money's worth right (laughs) by going there or whatever. And so sometimes we just don't have a lot of sleep and we just need to be aware of our mood and not snap at each other, which we do. It's made us try to be more patient, which (laughs) I need help with a lot. But when our like kids are grumpy and tired, we have to realize, okay, well, we have been move, move, move. So, you know, we need to have a little more patience with them. And we have gotten ourselves in some crazy situations about like, oh, was it a good idea to come? <laughs> in Iceland, we went one time and we were going to visit a waterfall and there was a gate in front of the road and it was kind of snowy. And we had seen tire tracks around the gate. So we're like, well, we can go around the gate if there's these tire tracks. And we tried and got stuck pretty bad out in the middle of nowhere in Iceland. <laughs> no. <laughs> so um, we're like, oh man, what are we going to do? But luckily cell service was great there and we were able to call our car rental company and 
get somebody out there after a couple hours. And but you know, when we're wait while we're waiting and wondering if somebody's coming, we're like, yeah, we have at the time we had just four kids there that time in Iceland, and we're like, we have these four little kids stuck in a car in the middle of Iceland with the wind blowing and snowing all around. So there have been some kind of crazy experiences we've gotten ourselves into while traveling, but that's also the fun of it, I think, too, is the challenges that you have and overcoming them and um, coming together closer as a family as well by getting through those challenges and as we're with each other all the time. <laughs> so, Yeah, travel is definitely not for the faint of heart. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. So I've noticed that your kids are like super bright, <laughs> like they're just really bright, <laughs> smart kids. And you've got me sitting here wondering, how does this travel shape their education? I mean, obviously it does if they're going to go home and rebuild the adobe bricks in the front yard. But like, what role does world schooling play in their education in your mind? When we go on vacations, I, think I just kind of let them like learn as we're going. I don't, we don't really prepare beforehand. When we get home, if there's something that they like to do, like the bricks thing, and I'm like, yeah, you know, go ahead, go out and dig in the yard. And then if, I do give them opportunities to learn if they want to learn more about it. But I don't, usually I don't really prepare them beforehand. Sometimes I have. I know when we went to Hawaii, I did mostly because our trip got canceled. And so they were really sad because we were, it was like during COVID time. And so they were really sad that they weren't going to go when they, we thought we were. And so we did some activities about like Hawaii and volcanoes and learned how to hula a little bit and stuff. And so we have done that a little bit, but usually I just kind of let them learn what they want. And if they want to continue learning more about it, then I give them opportunities for that. Awesome. Kind of like learn through the experience itself. Yes, That's cool. As romantic as traveling the world as a family can sound, there is a lot that goes into it. A lot of planning and a lot of considerations when you have little ones in tow. So I went ahead and asked Malin what goes into planning her trips. Well, it kind of depends on the trip we go on. The trips that we give for Christmas, I usually just am following Instagram flights from home and on there, they post cheap flights from out of Salt Lake City. And so if I find a cheap flight somewhere that seems interesting, that's where we decide to go <laughs> that year for our family trip. Um, other times, if my husband has to go somewhere for business, we'll tag along. So he has an office in Mexico City and we love Me Mexico. So we... We'll go down there with him a lot. And um, recently, last month, he had to go to the Dominican Republic. And so we tagged along. While he, and while he's in meetings, I just took the kids out and explored around the city. He also manufactures products in China. And his fa factory rep there often asks us to go. He often asks my husband to take his whole family out there. And so then this his factory rep's wife will plan a trip and they'll take us to somewhere in China. And they'll plan a couple week trip for us. And so I don't really involve my kids very much. Sometimes I'll ask them with what they like to do and give them options of like after we've kind of decided where we're going. But usually I just kind of plan myself and then go from there. Awesome. For a family who like wants to start traveling a little bit more, do you have any advice on making it more affordable or easier? Mm -hmm. um, well, I think, first of all, I think if you want to travel, just go. You don't have to go to some exotic foreign place. I think even as something small like camping for the weekend or just taking a day trip to a local venue or exploring your own city. I just think you should start getting experiences for your kids instead of stuff. I think that will help a lot to 
um, be able to take that step into traveling. And then also just look for deals. Like I look on Google flights for deals. There's a website, Momondo, that I look on that have cheap flights on it. You can find cheap flights. And then you have people on Instagram that you can follow that will post deals from your local city. And also don't be afraid to do things yourself. Like we rarely use travel agencies or go on tours with people. We did go on a tour with somebody in Peru. And I think we learned a lot of cool things. It was a cool experience, but I think we probably could have had just as great of experience ourselves for a lot cheaper. And so often when we go places, we'll just rent a car in the city we're in and just drive to wherever we've planned to go. And so I think don't be scared to get out and do things like that or take, if you're in a big city, a lot of times just like the subway or something. Google is great for that. You know, it will tell you how to get places, even on subways and stuff. And so I think the more you get into going around your on your own without tours, you get to go and see the culture more than you would if you were on a tour with somebody. As I've mentioned before, there's no right or wrong way to world school. Some people do it full time. Some people just get out when they can. And I think it's more about the spirit with which you do your traveling. So instead of going and like sampling, like she was talking about with some of the tours with, you know, some really amazing pre-prescribed experiences that go in big groups together, she's talking more about like stepping out, like courageously taking that subway or trying that food and getting a chance to really experience the culture of where you're going. And so to have those kinds of experiences, they take a little bit more effort and a little bit more stepping out of our comfort zone. And that is really, really incredible for personal growth. However, it may not be for everybody all the time. I know me as an introvert, am incredibly intimidated at the idea of not having a home base. And so for some people, this lifestyle of like meeting new people and going new places all the time sounds like a dream. And for other people, it sounds like a nightmare. And I think really for everyone, there's that perfect balance of the right amount of travel. It's interesting to figure out what that is for you. And so I went ahead and asked Malin what she thought the right amount of travel is, even though knowing full well, it's going to be completely different for each individual person and individual family. So for you, what would you say would be like the ideal amount of travel? For my family, I think just a a few big trips a year, like three or four big trips a year. And then just a couple like short weekend trips is good for us. There have been times we've traveled more than that. And it just, it gets to be too much, especially as my kids are getting older, they have more friends and, and family. I think we'd miss like friends and family a lot and we're involved in our church. So I think that'd be kind of hard too to, you know, be moving around all the time and not being able to be as involved in church as well. And so I don't think that we could ever like be like full-time travel. Those who travel full-time sometimes experience loneliness or miss close connections that come with friendships built over time. Some of the kids struggle with lack of routine or if the travel is more fast-paced, they feel a loss of home base. They get incredible experiences but can sometimes sacrifice the benefits of community for it. To combat some of the downsides of world schooling, all around the world right now, there are homeschooling hubs that are popping up, trying to capture the benefits of community as well as the life of a traveler. And it's a pretty cool concept. So if you're interested in becoming a world school, I definitely look into those world schooling hubs as a way to build community around this new lifestyle. With that in mind, I was still dying to know where Malin is heading next. For the summer, we have, in a couple of weeks, we are going to Coeur d'Alene with my husband's family. It's for a um, family reunion and 
explore around up there. It's beautiful up there and I'm excited to go back. We went there a few years ago, but we didn't have all of our kids. Some of our kids weren't born yet. So it'll be fun to go up there and explore. Then at the end of the summer, we are going to China. They opened up and so we're able to go back there. And my husband's factory rep's wife, she planned our trip already. And so we're going to be going to Beijing and um, seeing all the things there in Beijing. So be exciting. Yeah, that sounds incredible. I'm excited for you. That's awesome. Ever since I started planning my trip to Italy this fall, I have been fascinated by travel bloggers and daydreaming about traveling the world with my husband. When I found out about full-time world schoolers, my imagination was snatched. Families can experience the world as travelers together. Sign me up. While it's not feasible for us with our budget and other goals to develop our land, to become full or even truly part-time world schoolers like Melinda's, the values align so well with how I teach and the curriculums I create. Someone with a world schooling attitude but a stay-at-home budget can read books from other people's perspectives, try cuisine from around the world, watch documentaries, and be fascinated to learn the stories of strangers, knowing that everyone has something to offer. They will visit other towns or trails and appreciate the beauty and unique character of the place they live and love to play tour guide to out-of-town visitors. In planning our trip, I discovered a new perspective on travel. Originally, I thought that picking a spot on the map and moving to Italy for a few months. After inflation kicked in, we decided to shorten our stay to six weeks and see more of the country. At first, I was disappointed thinking our world schooling experience would be ruined as we travel from place to place just seeing the sights like it's a vacation. I mean, it would still be an incredible experience, just not the cultural immersion experience I had hoped for. And that's when I discovered slow travel. When you slow travel, you stay at a place for longer, maybe a few days in one town or a week or two, long enough that you can see the sights and then experience the town the way the locals do, doing laundry at the laundromat, buying groceries, playing at the park, all the normal stuff that you do at home, but in a different place and sometimes at a different pace. You get to see the way others live in an unhurried way. You see, my boys are country boys. They ride their dirt bikes and they play outside and they chase chickens. They've never been on a train or a bus or really even in a city center other than to drive through to another destination. Our closest quote unquote big city has a population of about 60,000. And I kind of love the idea of culture shock, both for myself and my kids being in the minority, struggling with the language, taking public transport and walking everywhere in Europe will be an adjustment. Yes, we will still visit the Trevi Fountain, but we will also stay in a farmhouse on the outside of Florence and barbecue and shop and just live in a place unfamiliar to us. We narrowed our destinations down to allow for more exploratory approach, and I'm really excited to see how it goes. As fascinated as I am with world schooling, I hope this trip gives them enough of a taste of travel to spark their wanderlust the way the trip my grandmother took me on to Mexico did for me when I was 14. Seeing how big the world is beyond my front door as a young woman from Alaska led me on many adventures and opened my curiosity in a way that nothing else could. Most people, myself included, cannot travel as much as they would like. I mean, that's the dream, right? (laughs) This trip will probably be more of a -a once-in-a-lifetime trip for my family, but taking road trips to our national parks and other towns can still spark wonder when you approach them with a world schooling attitude. So I challenge you to step outside just beyond your comfort zone, whether that's trying a new Thai restaurant the street or a new language or a new country. Both you and your kids will benefit from a world school experience. 
And as always, until next time, stay curious. <laughs>